Welcome to Center Stage. My name is Mark Gordon. In House of Darkness, Neil LeBute explores a mysterious side of dating. It asks the question, who is that person I just met at a bar, and is it a good idea to go home with them? Stay tuned as we open the doors to a house of darkness with Neil LeBute. It's interesting because we talked years and years ago for your film in the company of men. Yes. And I remember you, the tagline was let's hurt someone. It was. And it seems as if that through line has followed you through most of your movies. (laughs) I mean, is there something you you could probably find someone who's capable of, of saying that at any point in any one of these movies. Is it okay to call it creepy? I think creepy is a badge of honor, probably. Where did this idea come from to do a film, House of Darkness? Well, I I love the idea of doing something that was um, kind of a a hybrid, a mix of, uh, it felt like, you know, gosh, you're you're going on, you could always be going in in other territory. You could be heading for a rom-com, and yet it feels vaguely, as you pointed out, creepy um, at times, and, and who is in control and who feels safe. All those things are are fun to watch, but they're also, you know, as, as an entertainment, but they're also of interest in, I think, in our own lives as well. We're always aware that there are power dynamics in relationships and 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 how do those work and how do we navigate that? And um, so you you get to watch this. Uh, it's not even really a date. I mean, two people who meet, you know, let's hope they met cute at a bar and then one offers to drive uh someone home does you know is that was it all good intentions or not it seems not perhaps that you know he had perhaps other other hopes but um the whole time you know you've got someone like justin long playing a character uh and because it's justin long you uh you kind of go with that you 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 kind of find him to be a a charming actor and a charming individual and so you give him a lot of rope and think, oh, he's fun, cute. And and uh, and then you watch him get in a situation where a lot of red flags should probably be going on uh, or up and uh, or lights going off and on. And and uh, yet he charges in and feels like he's in control. And and then the tables turn. And I think that's, uh, again, fun for an audience to watch. Looks like you found a, a home in this horror space. What is it about horror films that appeals to you? Well, I've I've watched them for a huge part of my life. My mother used to love to be scared and and would you know want to go see things, but wanted a partner in crime to you know to go watch if it was too scary for her. And so early on in my life, I was I was going to horror films or drive-ins and and seeing creepy movies. So um, it's just a really fun exercise. I mean, the idea of you know. Once you start making things, once you start being a technician, you know, you move from from being an audience member to to creating something for an audience member, you suddenly see behind that curtain and you go, oh, there, there's such a technical exercise going on here to create something that feels of the moment and visceral and all that. It's really, there's a, a science to how much footage it takes to create suspense and three frames more and it wouldn't be you know you wouldn't jump out of your seat and two two frames less and it wouldn't work either but just that one particular frame makes you you know catches you off guard um all that stuff is kind of fascinating to 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 try and learn and and make happen and and so you know that part of it i really appreciate 
as, as someone trying to trying to do those things how do you how do you make someone scared or nervous and not just not just pounding on you know the keys of a piano but actually creating something that they're looking at that that unsettles them or uh you know scares them but fascinates them and they sit there and you know if they leave the if they leave the theater then you've you've lost them but but if they're scared but they stay and they want to see the end then it's uh how did you how did you do that is always the case you know with anything like how do you how do you make people sad how do you make them happy um there's a lot of different things that go into any one of those things and it's a uh, it's fun to be able to and it's pleasure to be able to say yeah i can do that or or do it well in in some ways uh your earlier films with a minor tweak could have been horror as well like you know the company men or the shape of things i got because... a couple of reviews along the way that did call them horror films you know really? without any tweaks so um yeah there was a kind of psychological you know horror to them uh and i guess in 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 you know straight out genre horror you're 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 given permission to be a little more emphatic and visceral about those things and be physical in a way that you might not be in a straight drama or that kind of thing where you're you're using a more psychological approach so this is just a kind of natural extension of of the of the work i was probably doing previously house of darkness uh, one thing about it it doesn't reveal its hand too early in terms of you really you really stretch out the tension of the piece how do you know when it's a good time to to reveal a plot twist well hopefully you f you find it on paper and the, you know the, the, even the script has, has a rhythm to it as you read it you kind of are that first audience member and you can feel that oh yeah this works and that came naturally out of this moment and um but sometimes it's you know only when you're editing you know you even after you shot it you're like oh, I, I now see where that rhythm is, or they could stay in that room longer, or um, occasionally when you're when you're making something, you know, we were, gosh, shooting nights for like 11 days, pretty quick shoot, um, but we got hit with some awful rain, you know, and so some, some things that we thought, oh, we'll shoot that outside, we had to keep inside, so sometimes it's just you're at the mercy of, of the gods, and, and it works out for you. And other times you're like, oh, we're never going to be able to match that scene. So we, you know, maybe we should stay inside the entire time. Things that are like strictly economic choices, but you try and make them look like artistic ones. But um, overall, I'd say we got pretty lucky in terms of of letting our our artistic choices lead the way. How much um, input do you uh, do you accept from actors? I, I love actors and I love what they they bring and I love questions. Uh, I, I'm not afraid to you know to have someone say, "Oh, this doesn't really make sense to me," or "Do you think we could change this line because it would be better for when I say it, it would feel better a little bit like this," or or a whole you know. I try and come in with a game plan. I try and say, "Hey, I've got a way that we can shoot this scene. I come off blocked it in my head. I've got camera angles." But you come in with a better idea, then then let's talk about it, and we'll perhaps go that way instead. I um, I'm not someone who just likes to improv all day either, because uh, while improv is a great skill um, and a great gift to have as an actor, it doesn't always like it can create a great you know tagline as somebody walks out of a scene, you know, or a sting to a you know, a piece of dialogue or something, but, but two people being able to just riff 
for minutes at a time and, and create something better than what you have sat down and for weeks or months written, um, that's that's rarer that that happens. So uh, I'm I'm just open to the best idea, basically. Like if if you have it, then great. If I have it, then great. But let's let's work toward making the best scene and the best movie and and that kind of thing. So I, I hope actors pick that up from me. I try and put that out there for them. Let them know that I respect what they do because I I do I love it and it's and it's a real gift because I feel like you know it's something that I I can't do. So therefore I. I, I probably respect it more than a, in a way than what I can do because I've lived with that. And I think, oh, well, no big deal. I can sit down and write. But um, when someone can do something like acting and, and move me in a way that uh, somebody else can't, it's, uh, you know, it always feels like a, a great talent. So I um, I start out with respect and, and, and give people a, a safe space to work, but also let them feel like they can take some chances and, uh, and yet, you know, I'm there with a story that I want to tell. And so hopefully they, they, they respect that side of me as well. And together we create something that works. Do you ever uh, push an actor outside of their comfort zone because it's appropriate for the role? I, well, I, I think so. You know, you might cast somebody in something that's, that's different than what they're used to or, or, you know, push them in terms of the number. I usually am not, I'm not someone who shoots, you know, tons and tons of takes or so many angles that people are just, you know, tired out at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I ask a, a lot of people because I feel like I'm trying to give a lot as well, but uh, I can't say that I ever really push them beyond what I think they're capable of doing. They, they, you may, as you say, you push them outside their comfort zone a little bit, but um, it's, uh, I'm kind of always sure in my head that they're able to, they're able to do it if they, if they give it a try. And, uh, and so, yeah, I want them to just be able to, to on a daily basis, create, vivid characters that, that are unexpected and um, and help them in the process of what I think is a crazy way to shoot movies. You know, we shoot them all based on economics. We all, we want everything to be, to be predicated on how much is this going to cost and what's the cheapest way we can do it, not built on, hey, this will be the best thing for the actors. So because of that and the crazy push-pull way that we work, I always am very mindful of, of that in them and and try and create as much continuity for them as I possibly can. What did you learn about the process making this film, if anything? Oh, gosh, you know, a lot about, about chemistry, like where, why, where does that come from and why, you know, why do two people spark together and, and work in a way that others might not? Um, quite a bit about not giving up on on different things sometimes technical things you know there were there were things that in that house that we were shooting at that we didn't know if we'd ever get them changed or or get rid of them elements that made it difficult to shoot and uh, we just kind of kept asking the the people who owned the place and uh, and finally got the answer that we needed um but I also learned about, you know, how to pace yourself shooting nights, um, almost exclusively nights. We, I think we had one day. Um, and uh, I, you, every movie you work on, you learn something. 
even if it's one that is maybe sometimes the even the the less successful ones are the ones that teach you the most. So it's um it's always a learning curve and a learning process, but uh, but it's one that I actually embrace because I um I like education and I've I've gone through it a lot, you know, through a couple of different college degrees and have taught school before and I, I like that process and I feel like I'm I'm kind of back in school when I'm making something and and uh, trying to apply what I know and, and learn new things and uh, that's a part of the process I don't think that ever gets tired for me tiring for me you think that's why you've had such a a long and sustainable career well I mean being open doesn't hurt being uh, on honest with people and telling them you know when you don't know the answer to something I think that helps I think the you know letting actors know and crew know that I respect what they do um, but I think also being open to trying new things you know I've done everything from adapt a novel to remake a movie to original stuff to taking a stage play and making a film out of it but shooting or making it exactly the same way as it looked on stage I've, I've done a fair number of of things that took me out of my own comfort zone so I think that has probably helped sustain things as much as anything what I hear you saying is that sense of of discovery of of discovering things and the newness of things, of trying different things. And that's really exciting. I think it keeps it exciting for, for you and for other people. You know, it's like if you, if you do have an audience, you, you, you give them something that's not the same thing over and over, but, but they can find through lines in your work that go, oh, you know, this, is, this is reminds me of, of something he did 10 years ago. Or, you know, I can see where that would have interested him because, it's it's very much of a world uh, like what he was doing back here. So yeah, it's nice to have those little touchstones for people all the way through your work. Well, you talked about uh, learning something from a lesser successful film. What did you learn from that, and and what constitutes success for you? Well, for for me, you know, for me and and a lot of people. Um, you know, it used to be predicated off of just the, the box office and, and those kinds of things. I mean, I certainly have personal markers that are different than than some of the industry or a lot of different people. Um, getting a chance to, to tell stories as often as I have, whether it's on stage or TV or screen, um, that's felt like success to me. But, you know, have I racked up box office numbers like some of my my um colleagues or or peers or or folks who've come before or after me absolutely not so um there's all kinds of markers that people can use to to say oh this is successful or not but overall i can look at my resume and go wow it was, it's varied and interesting and i've tried a lot of things and been able to to keep a career going for you know practically 30 years so I can't feel too bad about about um, the work that I've I've created overall. You do a lot of television, like uh, you know Van Helsing and programs like that, and Billions. Yep. That must be a, a pretty intense schedule as opposed to a film. Are they kind of similar? Do these streaming platforms do they give you that flexibility and freedom to, in essence, take the time it's going to take to get it right? 
Mostly, yeah. It's I mean, TV, you definitely work fast. But if you've worked in independent film, I think you you can go into television and not feel like knocked on off your shoes. You know, like, oh my God, this is so different than what I'm used to making films. If you've only done like big studio things that have, you know, given you multiple, multiple weeks to shoot, then you may find yourself going, oh, television is just too fast. It's, you know, there's no time to think about it. But I feel like I've, yeah, I've definitely learned how to pace myself and to, um, and to uh, a TV show really ends up feeling like doing a couple of movies back to back. If you're directing, if you're if you're show running alone and, and writing, that's a different case as well. Because once you start delegating things, yes, you're going to be in, find yourself in the editing room. Yes, you're going to be still writing stuff and checking out the production. You just have to time manage really well. But um, when you're writing and directing something in, in the television world, uh, it can feel just like, yeah, it's a, this is a really, really, really long film production. You know, it's, you're kind of pulled on to do the same sort of thing in, in both of those mediums. When you look at this, uh, this career that you've built for yourself. How has it changed over the years from the first film and all these other films that you've worked on and television and plays? Well, things have, you know, I mean, there's some, some obvious ones, the way um, that, that streamers have come on and, and that, that, that sort of independent world that I was a, a part of um, pretty heavily in like the late nineties and, and two thousands. Um, it's not gone by the wayside, certainly, but it's but it's it's a different world now, and um, you know it isn't always go a movie going through festivals or you know things like that 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 they get noticed or picked up or um, they get bought sometimes right away now or they you go off and you're making them for someone who's going to put it straight out into a a market and not even be on a a, a film screen. So uh, and also people have become far more open to watching films in a variety of ways and on a variety of devices. So um, there was a great New Yorker uh, cover a few months back. I don't even, gosh, it could be a year even now, but it was, you know, it was a young kid sitting in his living room and and he was staring at, at his phone in his hand and watching, you know, whatever, Gladiator, um, and huge, you know, wall size TV up on the wall sitting blank, you know, because the preference is now to, to watch something on a, on a, you know, four by seven screen uh, in your hand. And um, that's, a, that's a big change in the world in just a, a handful of years um, that, that uh, people are, are so willing to watch so much of what they do watch on on uh, things that are, are, you know, relatively small. Films always felt much larger than life. You know, when you go to the theater or go to a drive-in, it was, you know, it towered over you. And so if you watched Jaws in the theater, it was, you know, not only was it scary, but it was all consuming. Um, and now to watch Jaws, uh, a, a, a nod to the, you know, the power of Jaws, I think Jaws is still scary on my phone, you know, um, but it, it doesn't have that complete um, overwhelming, I guess, 
uh, sense that, that you would used to get from going into a theater and, and losing yourself in that space? I mean, there are certain films you have to see in a theater. Could you imagine watching Lawrence of Arabia on a cell phone? You know, a few years ago, I would say no. But now, yes. And people do. That's the, the crazy thing. There was, a couple of years ago, there was a, a Samsung or a, you know, a Razer phone or something that was for sale. I remember seeing on, on television. And one of the um, exclusive extras that was on that particular phone was they had already downloaded Inception on it for you. And I could only imagine, you know, someone like Christopher Nolan, who is such an advocate of, of watching films in a cinema and shooting on IMAX and that kind of thing. The idea that that he even let it happen or, you know, perhaps it was out of his control. But uh, the notion that, that that's where people were watching Inception for the first time was uh, a bit of a, a you know, a, a lark. I was just like, that. that's probably one of three or four people who would pull their hair out to hear mm. that's how you were watching their movie. What did you like best about working on House of Darkness and what did you like least? I, you know, working with actors, doing dialogue, it, you know, when it feels like a play, I'm probably at my happiest because I'm probably happiest sitting in a rehearsal room working on a play. So that's, um, that, you know, hearing people work on the dialogue and changing it and making it work and and feeling like you're, you know, you're capturing something there, seeing a couple of actors like Justin and, and Kate who were really, you know, firing on all cylinders and, and connecting and watching Gia, you know, jump in there and, and, and create her character. Lucy, we had less time on, on set, but uh, but she was great too. She hit the ground running. Everybody had to, you only had, and, and working at night is, is I think always difficult for people. So, you know, keeping keeping your steam up. We had some some really tough rain days. I probably liked being inside that mine shaft least. That uh, was a, an experience of just, yeah, just that general kind of claustrophobia. And, and I had a couple of moments where you do like walk down at one and you turn and, and you think you know your directions and you go, wait a minute, where am I? And you know, start looking around for a light. And that, 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 that was a little uneasy making. We spent a day inside this uh, uh, disused mine shaft. House of Darkness opens in select theaters on September 9th and then streaming on your favorite digital platform on September 13th. Until next time, this is Mark Gordon, and I'll see you center stage.